As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We are underway with a new episode of Wizards After Dark. It is late Tuesday night. I figured, you know, capitalize on some momentum, not all the momentum with a podcast, apparently, because I didn't do one following that crazy, that crazy, crazy, crazy Nets game from Sunday. And I wrote a piece about Russell Westbrook after that. You want to hear my thoughts on everything that happened? You want to hear my thoughts on Westbrook and that performance? Go check out that piece that came out Tuesday, uh, came out Monday morning or actually really Monday, super early morning, like 3 a.m. over at The Athletic DC. And if you want to sign up for that, by the way, theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, you can get yourself a subscription to The Athletic. But we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff today. We're going to talk about the piece that I had up at The Athletic on Tuesday regarding Bradley Beal not wanting to be traded, the Wizards not wanting to trade Bradley Beal. Um Some other stuff going on with the Wizards, too. And uh, for his weekly spot now, on the line, Ben Standig. Yo. Um, Hello. How are you? Very formal. I'm I'm fine. I mean, we're we're recording this thing after the Wizards just lost to the Blazers, 132-121. As I always say, no longer a post-game show. Not treating it as a post-game show, but... um, Man, but that I, game, that game just, they, they are so hard to watch defend at this point. I do think, though, that we should be noted right before we started recording, you said you were pulling up the box score, and I just want to point out that it's been told that some people don't appreciate people who just go off box scores. <laughs> yeah, everyone involved in this game, apparently. Well, so here's, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a choose-your-own-adventure. You, you read my piece that I did with Shams today. On Bradley Beal. Do you want to go with the Beal stuff first? Or do you want to talk about some on-court observations? You know what? I'm choosing for you. Let's go with some on-court stuff. Uh, because I talked about Beal trade stuff on the last podcast when I had Matt Moore on. And, and so people already got a taste of that. And, and we'll talk about some on-court stuff. Um, do you want to start with tonight's game? Or you want to start talking about Russell Westbrook? Um, whatever you would like. Um, that's that's not the proper answer here, Ben. Well, Russell, I'll just say this. I mean, I've been saying for the last umpteen times I've been on the the podcast that that Russell Westbrook, how he how he bounces back 
good or bad, is the story for the Wizards. Because not, I mean, forget playoffs or any of that stuff, because he can't be cooked. Because if he's cooked, the next two and a half years are going to be miserable. And it was questionable what was going on here. And then he had he started to show some signs of positive uh, momentum in the the, the, the the New Orleans game and the, uh, the Houston game a little bit. And then he goes nuts in the Nets game. Um, tonight wasn't anything particularly special, but 17, 12, and 10, I guess, but can I dismiss too much? But, like, the point is the energy is a lot better. He looks like a guy who's who's healthy. Um, you know, reminder, he didn't have a setback. Uh, in any event, he looks he, he looks good. And, as, as again, not, they lose tonight. There's still tons of questions about their defense and all that kind of stuff. But from the bigger picture sense, this team has no prayer of squat if he's not – even close to where he was before in at least the last couple of games, particularly the next game, he looks like the guy again that, you know, the Wizards thought they were getting in the first place. So, I mean, I think just from that perspective, that's huge news, even if we're talking on a game in which, you know, they, they just lost. Yeah. Yeah. I He looks much better. I thought he looked much better tonight. He had a sweet Euro step that, that went to a really nice finish around the rim. He's pushing in transition better. You know, I, I didn't think he did a great job against Portland, specifically identifying the moments uh, to be able to get Beal the ball. Part of it was on Beal. There were moments where Beal was really rocking and he just kind of went to the corner of the next possession. And maybe he was just tired and I'm just wrong in my analysis. But I thought there were moments where the point guard gene kind of should have turned on, should have been okay. We got to find Beal here. He scored 11 straight for us or, or those sorts of moments. And, and, and he got some pull-up jumpers in that scenario. But that being said, that's the Russ stuff that, that you get. You get the errant passes. You get the other stuff with Russ. What's important is he's getting to the rim. And you're right. Like, they're 4-13. and 13. They have the worst record in the NBA. Worst winning percentage in the NBA. They, I mean... They're they're two and thirteen against teams that aren't the Nets. So unless they just get to play the Nets every single game the rest of the year, they're in some deep, deep doo-doo, right? I mean, it's it's a things aren't the defense is such a problem, but the number one thing, the number one concern was, oh God, Russ looks totally different because that's something that affects you beyond this year. Uh and and the fact that these last few games, it really does seem like it was just the left quad injury that he was nursing, and now he says he's back to normal, he's back and healthy. That's that's a good thing. They they really needed that. Right, and I mean, to the point of the subsequent the conversation we'll have about Beal and his future, it 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 it, it reshapes that to a degree because if Westbrook is a has been, <laughs> then then the idea of where where is this team going is kind of nowhere. And again, I understand people might be going, Oh, hello. They're not going anywhere. Anyway, they're the worst record. I, I get that. I just mean like in general, like there's no upside for anything. If Westbrook can't be close to the all NBA player, all-star, whatever um, that he's been, because that's the team, him and Beal. And we'll get to Bertans in, in a bit maybe, but like that's the team. So um, at least from that perspective, it gives them, uh, if they, whether you want to call it false hope or actual hope, it gives them something that would be would not be there otherwise if he wasn't uh, doing it. And by the way, your your point guard thing. I mean, you are the Russell Westbrookologist, so far be it from me to say the, the the point guard. You know, question the idea of the point guard gene kicking in. 
But isn't this the issue with Russell Westbrook that really doesn't quite have that gene? He has the gene of the guy who has the ball a lot and gets a lot of assists because well, sometimes he does pass the ball, but isn't definitively a natural point guard the way we 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 think of it in those terms. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Okay, well, I mean, but I it's still, to, it's just you're right. I, I, that's that's who he is. It's just you know, I'm, it's fair to point out when those moments happen. That's all. Given the yeah, full yeah, picture, but sure. you're totally right. I mean, you're totally right. That's what that's what you get with Russ. But you also get the spectacular. I mean, he was he was unbelievable in that Brooklyn game. He was amazing in that Brooklyn game. You know what I'm doing right now? I I, do, I, don't know. I am looking up um the Wizards' defensive rating against Portland when Davis Bertans was on the floor. By the way, I don't think you should do that this close to the time you're going to bed. Oh, oh okay. It's actually worse than I thought. They allowed 144 points per 100 possessions when he was on the floor against Portland. 144 points per 100 possessions. Individual game, individual player plus minus is a bad stat to just use to throw out there to make a point. Uh, Let's put this one in some context. They were killing him on the broadcast. I don't know. I don't get to listen to that many Wizards broadcasts until this year because I'm normally at games. I'm on the road with them or I'm at the I'm at every single home game or I'm at the road with them. I don't get a chance to listen to very many Wizards broadcasts, but they don't get very critical of players for the most part. And and Drew Gooden was pointing out every single time he was overhelping off a shooter on the weak side. Every single time. Criticizing him, like at least I haven't seen them criticize a player, a Wizards player this year. And, and this is the same Drew Gooden who last year said Bertans was the best shooter he's ever seen ever. You know what? It wasn't that crazy that Drew Gooden said that then. Uh, and he was 100% right tonight. It wasn't that crazy. It was clearly hyperbole. But like when he said that, that was when Bertans had just come over from the Spurs. And it was like, okay, I mean. He was one of the five best shooters in the league last year, but but let's talk about because he's he is not that this year. He was two for ten from three tonight. He's I think he's around thirty two percent, uh, from three right now. Ten percentage points lower than he was at last year. If he is not one of the five or seven or eight, whatever number you want to choose, best shooters in the league. There's a problem. And it's, I know he was in the health and safety protocols for a while. And I know he showed up a little bit late to training camp. But it's been two months. And he's still working back his conditioning. Rui was in the health and safety protocols. And Rui missed a decent amount of training camp because he had the pink eye. Uh, Rui was 10 for 12 tonight and looked energetic. I thought he played great. And not just because he made shots. I actually thought he played. He made some really nice defensive plays tonight. Um, he had that great block on Lillard pinning the ball against the backboard. Rui looked. He just looked like it was a good. It was a very good Rui game. He looked like he was having a good Rui game. Um, they're not the only people who have been in the health and safety protocols. It's not just that Bertans is missing. All his misses are short, and it's been happening all season. He doesn't have his legs. He just doesn't have his legs. And I mean, it's a problem. They gave him $80 million. And 
He's been a net negative. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I uh, I don't know what to to what else to add to that other than he's not been he's not been good. Um, I mean, before during the game, I mean, you and I were talking about this in the, in uh, our Slack thread with uh, the person who is our boss who's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about. And uh, we were discussing this, and, you know, uh, look, it's it, I guess the question is sort of why is Bertans having this issue, right? I mean, there is a lot of weird stuff going on this year. We've already established COVID, obviously. The Wizards can't even practice. You asked this to Scott Brooks, like, basically, is Bertans' only way for him to get his win back is to play games? And Brooks basically said, yeah, so this is a weird year and we get all that. But like you're saying, it's not like this weird year is not affecting everybody. Um, so so there is that aspect. But how do I say this? I mean, you know, signing contracts, big big contracts like that, some people it affects differently. And I don't it's hard to know what that means for Bertans. I, you know, I'm not saying he's. He's got the, he got paid now is uh, you know not trying as we've seen guys over the years do that. So I'm not saying that, but you know I, I don't know. I mean sometimes mentally it can affect people. I mean I, it, it's hard to know exactly what's going on. Maybe uh, you know it's unfortunate. This is one of those things that sucks about not being having real access to the team, right? Because you don't want to ask necessarily all these questions on an open Zoom because the player is going to feel exposed, even if you you know forget the fact that everybody else will get the same answer, but. Uh, you know, it would be good to have a chance to talk to him on the side and ask questions kind of like, you know, how's it going? Or, you know, do you feel extra pressure because of the money or what have you? I guess one thing I would just note is like my take was at last year was that I would trade him before the deadline simply because you kind of knew where the money would go. Um, the fifth year, uh, as you and David pointed out, you know, yes, it, it, it's not it's not fully guaranteed. So it's not the full boat. But at the same time. It is a fifth year, and even the four years for um, was well, five for eighty, right? Right, five for eighty, right. and uh, sixty-nine of the eighty is guaranteed. And there is a—I forget the exact detail off the top of my head. I reported it. There's some kind of vesting option where he has to play a certain number of games in that fourth year in order for the fifth year to vest. I—I uh, I forget what the actual number is i reported it just google it it's it's out there somewhere <laughs> so i guess what i was gonna say is and you right and we were discussing like sort of this idea of whether he you know what whether they should or should or shouldn't have paid him and obviously without knowing exactly what trade they could have had last year it's hard to say well they should have traded him definitively because we don't know what the offers were or at least i don't maybe you do but you know either way it doesn't sound like they were looking to trade him you know it's one of the things i don't like about the wizards like even this stuff with 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 Beal, which we'll get to. I get it; they don't want to trade Beal. Stop saying you'll definitively not do anything. You should listen to anything and everything because you have no idea what's going to happen. The idea that you wouldn't trade Bertans hypothetically is crazy. But in my opinion, it was it was done for show. They they I mean, you you keep him because he's playing well, and you want to give Bradley Beal, if, if if not your fan base, the perception that you're trying to win, but obviously paying Bertans to be the third guy, even if he was playing shooting like he did last year, isn't a realistic third guy for a team that's going to win. The Nets are paying, as you correctly pointed out to me, like this is the rate that shooters are being paid, like a guy like Joe Harris with the Nets. But Joe Harris has had several – when did Joe Harris get paid? This offseason? Yeah, yeah. Same right. day as so Joe Harris has had 
He's had three previous seasons where he's played at a pretty good level. Bertans had never averaged more than eight points in any game prior to, to last year. And obviously, I'm not saying that it's a flash in a pan, but it was, it's not like we have a ton of track record. He did shoot well from three with the Spurs, but he had never played more than 21, 21 minutes. He averaged eight points. So it went from that to now he's getting paid $80 million. And if he's not making those shots kind of what are you what 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 are you doing at least with Joe Harris he's like the fourth guy or the fifth guy on a team that forget they didn't have Harden at the time but you already had KD you had um Kyrie and you had Dinwiddie Carroll really they had a bunch of other guys Joe Harris is sort of a very expensive luxury item but a really good one Wizards can't afford a luxury item based on the the way they they're set up but you know again this is a broader picture of are they really trying to win or are they trying to look like they're trying to win and signing him to me for that money was a look like you're trying to win. By the way, once they didn't trade him, they had to keep him because you couldn't they, they they wouldn't be able to sign anybody else for that money with bird rights. They had to keep him. But, you know, whatever. This is sort of the downside right now. This is the extreme version. He's not making shots. And if he's not making shots, then what's he doing for you on top of the fact, like you're saying, he looks like he's still out of shape or whatever. So, it, you know, I'm sure he'll eventually get his legs back and he'll start making some shots. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely concerning uh, to say the least. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yeah, I mean, to me, the the contract, I expected the contract to be somewhere in, like, leading up to it. I expected it to be somewhere in 12 to 15 a year. And I didn't expect five years until the very end I started to hear rumblings around five. And in the, I, I think the day free agency started, I started to hear, okay, it could be more than 12 to 15. Not a ton more, but change your expectations from 12 to 15 to 15 to 18 or something like that. And I thought that was a little bit high, and I thought five years was not ideal, but I didn't think of it as egregious because, again, like that's what 
Joe Harris. Joe Harris got four for 75. Actually more in average annual value than Bertans did. I I bet you Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson is going to get something in this realm, if not more, because of the way the free agent layout is going to is going to go this year. I know he's restricted, but there aren't very many good free agents and there are a lot of teams with cap space. Someone's making Duncan Robinson a huge offer. They're going to want that shooting. And he's a guy who will have had a two-year sample and really not much of a sample before that at all. The contract is not so much the issue to me right now. To me, it's more that, you know, Berton said he didn't play five on five for those, you know, for months leading into the season. And he said this. He didn't play five on five for months leading into the season until he actually, you know, a week and a half into training camp was able to play. He had visa issues early. That's not his fault. He ended up having to come into training camp a week and a half later, something like that. It was around December 10th, 12th or something like that when he he was finally able to play. And he just, he he wasn't in shape. He didn't have his conditioning. And it's it's just taken a really long time. And, you know, there's, there's a great quote. I want to say it's a Branch Ricky quote. But it's luck is the residue of design. I know that quote. And it's it's a pertinent quote to this situation. Because it's hard to knock somebody for showing up out of shape this year when you just don't know their family circumstances with the way the world is. You don't know what's happening with them in the offseason. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't want to say you give somebody a pass after that, but there are understandable reasons that can be going on for why a guy would be unable to get together for five-on-five games in Latvia that are NBA caliber. Like, I I understand that, especially if you're somebody who's really cautious about COVID and Davis has a family and and all of that. So I, I, I understand that. And I think it's inappropriate to just flatly knock somebody because of that reason during a time like this. But that being said... When you sign an $80 million contract, there is an expectation that you're going to be an $80 million player. And luck is the residue of design. Davis ends up going into the health and safety protocols in the middle of this year. Now the talk is, ah, just when he was getting his, just when he was getting his conditioning back, then he has to sit out two weeks and now it's, now it's gone again. You kind of lose some of those returns that he was making. And well, Rui was in shape, and Avdia was in shape, and Ish Smith was in shape. And so those guys who show up in shape, they're going to have an easier time staying in shape because they were already there, you know? It's if when you get unlucky, but you put yourself in a position to succeed, or at least a better position to succeed— It'll help you in those times when you get unlucky, as opposed to when you start a few steps back and then the bad luck comes and now you're starting even farther back. And I think that's what we're seeing here. And it's um, it's really bad for the Wizards because now they're four and 13 and they needed him. They expected him to be one of their three or four best players. You don't pay him 80 million dollars if if you don't expect that. And and to me, this is. This is less on who who the heck saw Bertans shooting 32% from three this year. Nobody saw that. Um, I don't really blame them that much for this. And it's been 17 games. And maybe, look, he can have a streak where he just shoots 50% from three the rest of the year and ends up at 
I mean, I remember Clay Thompson got off to a really cold start a couple years ago. And everyone was just like, when is Clay going to have a tear? And then he just went on this insane tear. He ends up at 40%. Great, great, great shooters of that level can do that and even it out over the course of a season. But they need it now. And it's just, it's not good. It's not good. So, uh, yeah, and, and look, we just talked about Westbrook, right? I mean, like, you know, not the exact same situation, but we were, you know, Westbrook, oh, no, is this he falling off the cliff? And now we're saying, hey, it looks like he's uh, he's back. So things can change. Um, he, he, here's what I would say to this. Um, and to be clear, this is a Ben Stanton comment, not a – this is not endorsed by Fred Katz or Wizards After Dark. But, like, I, I'm so tired of the head coach never calling anybody out. Like, I get that there's different management styles and lead, people can lead in different ways, and I kind of get all that. But I've been watching this act for five years. Like, at some point, like, I, like I agree, don't disagree with what you're saying. Like, the player didn't seem to show up in shape. We can debate the reason why. And like you said, we don't know all the, re, all the details. So it's hard to completely, you know, criticize and things along those lines. But, like, when he went asked, essentially, well, why not? Uh, you know what's going on like at no point is there ever any sort of criticism for the guy and like you know i i uh i have a friend of mine who kind of constantly his his pet peeve is he doesn't like watching beal sort of dominate the ball to the degree that he does and he sort of fall into some habits of like sort of loafing on the side the 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 um the, the, the World Ride uh, Wob uh, the other day was put out a video of all this Beal stuff. Now, I disagree with most of that because obviously Bradley Beal is playing at a pretty high level. He's having to do so much on both ends of the court typically, you know, especially when Westbrook was was off and Bertans wasn't out there. He's having to do, do a lot, and maybe he's choosing when and where to sort of pick his moments and, and, and that. But at the same time, if he is getting into some bad habits, you know what would be good would be to have somebody in his ear saying, hey, Brad, maybe you should stop doing these things. Well, that's what freaking coaches there for i mean like in life i would love for somebody to say hey dummy maybe you don't need going to the ice cream for the fourth time today you know it would be great if somebody said hey you know what instead of playing on the internet why don't you uh you know instead of looking up cat videos why don't you go write something or call a contact a source do something but i don't have that luxury in life because we as individual people don't have that but you have a head coach this is literally that job to tell somebody Get off your ass, get out of your head, whatever the thing is, and go do the thing. So it, it seems reasonable as we're sitting here to say, you know what? Again, without knowing all the circumstances, but just based on what we know, hey, uh, yeah, it would have been great if Davis had showed up in, in camp in shape. He didn't. Now we're paying the price to some degree. His, I'm sure his, his legs will get back. But unfortunately, that's not here now, and we need him now. I don't know how to get him there because, unfortunately, in this world we're in, we can't practice. And all and, and all that, but it sucks. Just like if if you if, if somebody if the coach thinks that Bradley Beal is dominating the ball too much, or some player is doing this, or whatever the thing is. I mean, look, their defense is obviously not good in any in any way, shape, or form. It's it's not just enough to say we have to we, we have to play better. We will play better. Maybe at some point say something. And I I, I just again I'm not putting it on Scott Brooks to be why Bertans is shooting 32 percent from three. But at the same point, this is literally the job call these people out at some point. You can't just skip the saying we're going to get better. I guess if you think that's what's going to happen by saying it, then that's your style. But at some point, this is, I've, I've been around sports long enough. It doesn't seem like that's how this thing works typically. I love it when you get on your soapbox. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. It's, it's truly fantastic. 
I really enjoy it. Um, did you? Uh, I'm going to ask you an arrogant question. Can I ask you an arrogant question? Wait. Uh, kill time for thirty seconds. Hold. hold kill time for thirty seconds, and then ask it. Kill time for thirty seconds. All right. I'll kill time for thirty seconds. I will say I'm going to ask you an arrogant question about. So I wrote a story on. On that was for Tuesday morning. I wrote a story and I, I co-reported with Shams about uh, about Bradley Beal and just right. about yeah. Well, now you're interrupting me. We're over. Yeah. Well, I, I had I had to go cough, and based on how we're recording this, I couldn't cough, and I I couldn't figure out a mute button. So go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, you could just coughed. You could have done it. Uh, yeah, you know. So I wrote a story with Bradley, or, or not with Bradley Beal. That would have done well. I wrote a story with Shams about Bradley Beal and in in the general crux of our reporting. If you didn't see it, by the way, you can go to the Athletic or go to the Athletic DC. If you're not a subscriber, go to theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. You can sign up there. That's theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. It gets you full access to the whole site, not just this story. It gets you everything. But you will be able to check out this story. Here's basically what we have. Here, Here is the newsworthiness. It's about an 1,100-word story, so there's a lot more than just this. But this is this is the aggregatable stuff. So I'll read this real quick. Beal is so far expressed he wants to remain in Washington and has not indicated he prefers to be traded. Sources with knowledge of the situation tell The Athletic. The Wizards, in turn, have no interest in trading him. Then we also wrote he is privately frustrated and confused with the perpetual portrayal of his situation, according to sources familiar with his thinking. After seeing other players take criticism for requesting to leave teams, those sources say Beal feels he's getting nitpicked for choosing to stay in D.C. Done. I'm done with my arrogant thing where I read my own damn story. So I'm reading that so people know what we're talking about. Um, and now I'm going to ask my question. Ben, any uh, any thoughts on all this? I, I talked about Beal trade stuff with Matt Moore on the last podcast. Well, basically, I mean, if you listen to the last podcast, I, I recommend it. I thought Matt was a really good guest. And uh, we talked a lot uh, a lot about Beal trade stuff. And it wasn't just Beal trade stuff. It was... It was lots of other things too. It was we got nerdy about Robin Lopez defense and all that, as as we tend to do. Uh, I don't need to overlap too much, but I just thought I, I I'm sure people want to know your thoughts on this topic because it's really one of the stories of the league. It's not just a wizard story; it's a league story. So so Ben, I'm just I'm giving you I'm giving you the floor. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a good story for from you guys. Obviously, to you know, to for you to to do that with Shams is is good stuff. Um, you know, we've talked about the Beal stuff before. I mean, I guess, you know, like what I said, one, I, I you know, I just in a general, it, it just I don't kind of know where the Wizards are going trading Beal. I get the idea of like getting extra, you know, younger stuff, but you know, Westbrook's still here. It's not like you can just sort of go down and you know, again, Ted's. Ted's issue, in my opinion, is generally about more about making the playoffs than actually winning the East, and therefore Bradley Beal is going to be more valuable in that context than starting over, i.e. He, we will never tank. Again, another absolute statement that is never needed to be said, but it's said by some, you know, it's just it's so silly. You don't need to say that because what if one day you want to trade Bradley Beal? Now people are going to bring that up and throw it in your face. But and anyway, um, <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, I mean, I guess like my thing is just in general, like, it doesn't make any sense to trade him in season. There's just way more teams become available to do to, to make a good trade 
um, because they're not con- constrained by whatever it is, caps or contracts. And like I think you said in the piece, you know, if you, if you make a trade where people have to send like five players to the Wizards to help with the money, or whatever, now the Wizards have to cut players during the season, and that doesn't make any sense. So it makes more sense to wait. I mean, I do think. You know, if Golden State calls up and says James Wiseman and that Minnesota top three protected pick is on the table, I mean, that might be the one trade you get me to to listen to. But in a general sense, like, I'm not uh, – it's weird. It's a weird thing. Forget the outside people, the people for who, who are interested in the other 29 teams. They definitely want a Bradley Beal trade. They want him to be rescued and they want fun, right? But from the Wizards' perspective, like, you know uh, – the guy they took third in the 2012 draft has been everything you wanted and then some. He's been really good. Um, he And breaking news, he wants to stay here. Nobody wants to be on this team. <laughs> I mean, you know, generally speaking, this is not a, this is not a destination for, the, for people around the league. This has been part of the Wizards' problem for the last umpteen years is they can't get guys to show up here. So the guy, this guy wants to stay. And, you know, I think to some degree, I think you have to let, let play that out. And I guess I would just also say – you know, to trade it now, whatever is going to happen with the coaching, with the front office, with anything else, maybe it's nothing, maybe they bring everybody back, but whatever it is, all this is going to happen in the offseason more or less. So just wait till then, figure out what you're going to do, and then you help, you'll have plenty of options to trade Bradley Beal. It's not like looking like the most robust class uh, of free agents, so he'll be in hot demand, obviously, and, uh, you know, I, that's what I would do. And I guess if you, you, know, if you want to be optimistic about the winning part, Westbrook's playing, you know, looks better as we discussed. You know, if if what we saw from Hachimura, it's only one game, it won't go too crazy. But okay, you know, if if Rui Hachimura improves, if Denny gets a little more consistency, he's fallen off a bit lately, foul trouble, whatever. And if Bertans gets his shot going, then maybe let's see what this team looks like over the last thirty games of the of the year. Even if this year is kind of crazy, although they're still not even at, that far out of the playoffs because the East is terrible at the bottom. But so I would wait. But, yeah, I mean, I think the, it's good to hear a guy wanting to stay here because not the guys are necessarily forcing trades out, but, I mean, just the idea of somebody wanting to be part of this team, I, I wouldn't discount that. But knowing this owner, he, he definitely won't. He wants to – I, I guarantee Ted Leonis loves all the attention, even if it's slightly negative towards his franchise, because the Wizards are constantly headline news these days because of Bradley Beal. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is everything. That is all. Ben, You, I think you said it. I think you said all your stuff to end. This is perfect. What do you got? What do you got to plug? <clears throat> You've left me speechless. Oh, did I? Uh, I always feel when I leave Fred speechless is because he's like, oh, my God, he's just said that on the podcast. Crap. Uh, uh, Washington football team, they still don't have a quarterback. They do have uh, front office people. By the time you hear this, there will be a press conference on Wednesday with Ron Rivera and the two new front office dudes, Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney. So I'll be writing about that, what they're doing at quarterback, and all the other fun and frivolity that goes on with the Washington football team. Plus, I have my – oh, oh, the the Standard Room Only podcast. My guest yesterday that I put up, Marcin Gortat, we talked a bunch about what he thought about St. John and Brad, talked about their all, all those practices – he gave me his what his ultimate what if moment from his five years with the team. He actually said, we talked last week, so before Westbrook started to have a resurgence, and I said, you know, looking at Westbrook, what do you think? And he said, he'll be fine. He just needs rest. You can, you know, he just looks like he's not he's just hurt. And Marcin Gortat was right. So go listen to the podcast. It was a good one. And uh, subscribe. Yada yada. Gortat, a good team podcast. 
<laughs> I, 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 I can't remember. Did I say that or did I mention everything everybody eats? Does, I said something of one of these things. I don't know. I, I tried to get him in trouble at one point, but he didn't take it. <laughs> All right. And uh, if you are not a subscriber to Wizards After Dark, but you're just listening to this episode, you can subscribe wherever you happen to be listening to this episode. Uh, You can leave a review on iTunes. Five stars. Written review is always super helpful, as I always say. Um, Subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe. Ben does amazing work. I do. I like to think slightly above average work. Just just enough to keep the subscription uh but everybody else does amazing work ben is awesome you get david aldridge you get our amazing baseball team i mean it's crazy how good our mlb coverage is like freaking wild how good our mlb coverage. i'm just i'm a huge baseball fan and i just read it as a fan it's just it's the best baseball coverage it's amazing did you ever see the movie the, the game the michael douglas movie i'm aware of it but i never actually saw it Oh, well, I can't, I can't, I, I can't use that. I can't use the, what I was going to say that because it's sort of a spoiler. Uh, so I won't, but it, yeah, I mean, I just always picture, cause obviously we have a weird company, you know, like we're not like in the same space. I just always picture if we had like the office Christmas party, that would be insane. Cause like all the people who would be in the room would be nuts. <laughs> like, I mean, Ken Rosenthal, David Aldridge, and Tom's are just hanging out, getting a drink. That'd be crazy. I know. It's like a really, really niche joke targeted at a really, really big sports fan. Ken Rosenthal, Sham Sharania, and David Aldridge walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be crazy. So, subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Subscribe to Standing Room Only. What else we got? That's it? That's all. I'll be back probably with another episode later this week, maybe over the weekend. If you can't tell, I'm kind of trying to be more flexible with spacing out the episodes so I can at least have a little bit more of a natural hook as to getting into it and all that kind of stuff. So uh, check out that story I wrote with Joms over The Athletic 2 and check out the Westbrook story from Monday and all of at least one or two other stories up later this week. You can check those out. The Wizards have a million games coming up. They play 16 games in 27 days, which is just totally and completely outrageous. And uh, it's going to get interesting. Anyway, I'll see you when I see you.